Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. It's Sparky's Midday Madness. No Steve Sparky Pfeiffer today. Dan Plucker filling in the chair for him. And talking to you about the job of one specific Packers coach and a positional unit that I think has not gotten the praise that it's deserved throughout the course of this season. And 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 it's it, mostly because it's not a skill position unit. It's not. And so I, it's, a, it's, it's a part of the game that I think a lot of people look past because of, you know, it, they, they, don't, they don't hold the football. Aaron Rodgers, you know, everybody pays attention to him and, and what he's doing on the field and, and Devontae Adams and Jair when he's playing on defense, Razul Douglas, like the, the, the true possession changers on the field get the most attention. And, and it makes sense because – as a typical viewer, that's what you're looking at. That's what you're watching. While maybe some other players on the field aren't necessarily given the attention and the notoriety that they deserve in some situations. Because when this group doesn't play well, everybody loves to point it out. Everybody loves to say, oh, well, this group is playing so poorly right now. They've just been absolutely awful. All these different things. But when they're playing well, it sometimes feels like, People don't have a lot to say about it. And so I'm going to give a little bit of flowers to Adam Senevich and this Packers offensive line. Because in my eyes, me, Dan Plucker here on Sparky's Midday Madness filling in. I'll be in tomorrow as well. What they have done this season, this offensive line is nothing short of incredible and inspiring. I mean, you already start the year 
without David Bakhtiari, your all-pro left tackle, maybe the best left tackle in all of football. Arguments can be made across the board. If not one, then he's number two probably in the league. And a very close three if some people across the country are are evaluating things differently and having different ideas. But in my eyes, David Bakhtiari, the best left tackle in football, is out for already several weeks of this season. I mean, if you would have said at the end of last year when David Bakhtiari got hurt that the Packers would not have him 13 weeks into the season, 14 weeks into the season even now, I think a lot of people would not say that this would be a 10-3 and football team. And then Elton Jenkins, your other Pro Bowl, all-pro quality offensive lineman, is asked to... Not play center like he's done in the past. Not play guard like he has in the past. But move out to left tackle and fill in for David Bakhtiari. And do so like the other two positions at a Pro Bowl all-pro level for, what was it, 10 weeks of this season? And, And seamlessly transitioning into that position, a position that he had not really played to this point in his career, especially in the NFL, facing some of the top edge rushers in the NFL. Elton Jenkins was stellar at that position until he too got hurt. So now you're missing your two best offensive linemen and you lost Corey Lindsley from a season ago, another all pro offensive lineman at the center position who leaves in free agency because the Packers justifiably and understandably couldn't afford him. And so his replacement, you draft Josh Myers out of Ohio State, center, second-round pick. And the first couple weeks, he's playing pretty well. And and Aaron Rodgers in the preseason praising him, saying, yeah, you know, he's got some things he's got to learn, but he's looking pretty good. And, And the Packers immediately find what looks to be a solution at the center position. And it helps having guys like Elton Jenkins next to you, no doubt. But Josh Myers playing very well until he too goes down with a knee injury and has missed every week since week six. So eight weeks, nine weeks with the bye. Or no, eight weeks with the bye. And several games. Lucas Patrick was the starter at right guard, I believe, to open up this season. Is he still playing there? No. He's moved to center now because of Josh Myers' injury. And the fourth round pick from this year's draft, Royce Newman. Not not even one of your top three picks in this draft. A fourth rounder has been a starter pretty much from the get-go and has done a stand-up job on the right side of the line and has been what looks to be the answer for there for the long term and then a right tackle you have Billy Turner who's played all over the offensive line throughout the course of his career in Green Bay which has been a a very good career has done a, a wonderful job and now he also goes down with a knee injury against the Chicago Bears and Lafleur uh did say that he's hopeful that it's not a season-ending ending thing for Billy Turner, but that they're still going to be evaluating, seeing how things go for Billy Turner. So, essentially, from the beginning of the season, what should be the, the starting offensive line 
would would have been David Bakhtiari at left tackle, Jenkins at left guard, center. Uh, you would have Myers. Right guard would probably be Lucas Patrick or Royce Newman, and then Billy Turner as your right tackle. And of those guys, only one of them for what would be your ideal starting offensive line for the Green Bay Packers is starting right now. And it's not any of the big names on that list that I just named. It's Royce Newman, a fourth-round pick, a rookie. And so the Packers, in a pinch, in the last couple of weeks, signed Yash Nyman off the practice squad. He's playing left tackle. John Runyon, a sixth-round pick from just a couple of years ago, is playing guard, left guard. And then Patrick, who is not a center, who's been a guard for most of his career, is playing at center, playing well. And then at right guard, you have Royce Newman. And at right tackle, I mean, I don't even remember. Who did they bring in? They brought in Dennis Kelly, a free agent from, from the Tennessee Titans. It's it's a misfit group of guys that somehow, some way, have staved off some really good defensive lines in the past couple of weeks. It's been, I believe, two games now without Elton Jenkins, the first of which was the Los Angeles Rams, which we just watched on Monday Night Football, how good that Rams defensive line can be. Aaron Donald being an absolute menace in the middle and terrorizing offensive lines and breaking up plays just because of who he is, Aaron Donald, maybe who could go down as potentially the best defensive player ever. And the Packers held him to zero sacks. And I don't remember watching that game against the Los Angeles Rams a couple weeks ago when I was at Lambeau Field in Green Bay thinking at any point, that Aaron Donald had played a, a huge play, you know, had made a huge play in that game. I don't I don't remember one off the top of my head. He certainly didn't have a sack in that game. The only one that did was a uh, second-string defensive lineman who was in blitzing on one of the plays, putting pressure on the quarterback. That was the only one. That was the only sack they allowed against the Los Angeles Rams with Leonard Floyd, who was in Chicago, has been a very solid edge rusher in his career. Von Miller, former Super Bowl MVP and defensive player of the year, a guy who's not at that level anymore, but is is certainly still a very capable edge rusher and has showed flashes even this past week against the Cardinals. He had a very solid game. And then Aaron Donald. Maybe, maybe the best defensive line in all of football was held short by Yash Nyman, John Runyon, Lucas Patrick, Royce Newman, and at that point, Billy Turner, who's no longer there, now Dennis Kelly. And against the Chicago Bears, only three sacks. Two of them came very early in that game while Billy Turner was still in because Robert Quinn was getting around the edge, bullying Yash Nyman a bit. And that's a, that's a trend that we've seen, I think. Yash Nyman has struggled a bit in, in different situations early in games, but then he finds his groove and he's fine. He, he finds the, the, the style that the edge rusher that he's going up against is, is using, and then he, he figures it out. So, so while Yash has not been perfect, he's been, he's been far from it, he, he can still step up in these moments, and this offensive line, somehow, with those names that I just listed, is one of, is still a serviceable unit in the NFL. I don't know how this is possible. I don't know how this is happening. Adam Senovich is working magic and Matt LaFleur with the play calling is working magic, making this offensive line look good. And I, and I said that 
the best at, at Dan Plucker on Twitter on the, uh, I believe it was the second drive of the third quarter of the game against the Bears, where they marched all the way down the field. The Green Bay Packers did, handing the ball off to A.J. Dillon, killing the clock, and eventually getting it into the end zone against a good Bears defense. Because it's not just the Bears defensive line, which was I understand was missing Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. I get it. But still the second unit with Roquan Smith being one of the best linebackers, young linebackers in football. The Packers were getting up to that next level and finding holes for A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones throughout the course of the game. And and what they have been able to do is I I I just I can't realistically put it together how they have been this good. Because at this point, I don't even know who they call up next. Like if if any of these other guys go down, who's next? Who's next for this offensive line? They've already pulled dudes off of the practice squad. I don't know who else is really on this Packers roster. Maybe that's what I'll hit you with here after a break here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Stan Plucker filling in because beyond what they have right now, they're, they're on their last legs as an offensive line in terms of dudes that they can put on the field. That's how many injuries this offensive line has gone through. Yet still, this team is 10-3 and and continues to fight and win several games in part because of the offensive line's ability to keep Aaron Rodgers upright and to open up holes for the big burly A.J. Dillon and the speedster Aaron Jones throughout the course of this season. I I don't know how it's doing it. Maybe you can help me at 414-799-1250. Help me praise this offensive line because what they have done, I, I I do not know how to wrap my head around it. I don't know if there are any other offensive lines in this league that can go through the injuries and miss the players that they have missed throughout the course of this season and still be doing what they've done today and still be a 10-3 and football team atop of the NFC. It's a credit to the offensive line and Adam Stenovich, a credit to the players themselves, to Aaron Rodgers for getting the ball out quickly and Matt LaFleur calling the right play calls to make this offensive line look good because they sure look good despite all of those injuries. And we'll, we'll look who else is on this roster because, again, Dennis Kelly was the last guy, I think, of this group, number nine in terms of the offensive line, that I could name maybe at the beginning of this season. I don't know who else is out there and who's left. We'll we'll bring that next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Dan Plucker filling in for Sparky today and tomorrow. And we'll continue to talk about the offensive line next at 414-799-1250. Talking about the Green Bay Packers offensive line here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Sparky today and tomorrow as he gets a couple days off here at the end of the calendar year. And I'll be on the big show both of those days as well. Talking with you right now about this Green Bay Packers offensive line because, again, this team, what they have done and what they've been capable of with all of these injuries, and, and I know you know you can talk Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, some of these other guys that they have missed time, even Devontae Adams missed a game, even Aaron Jones has missed a couple of games, Aaron Rodgers has a toe injury, all this stuff, so on and so forth. Yet, they're still winning games, and the, the unit that's been hit the hardest has been this offensive line. David Bakhtiari, 
all year long. Haven't seen him. Elton Jenkins, the last couple weeks, haven't seen him, and he's out for the season. Josh Myers, we haven't seen him since week six, and now Billy Turner also going down with a knee injury. So that's four of what would be your ideal five starting offensive linemen that are out, that are not playing right now. And the guys that are, Royce Newman, a fourth-round pick, Yash Nyman, a practice squad player, Lucas Patrick, who's playing center, has been a guard his whole career, has been a backup guy his whole career, Dennis Kelly, a right tackle, who probably a lot of people didn't expect to see this season after he signed from the Tennessee Titans, and John Runyon, an offensive lineman who's now looking like he could be a starting caliber caliber player in this league. And all five of those guys who played against the Chicago Bears did a solid job and have been a part of this team being 10-3 and and being the number one seed in the NFC as of today. It, It boggles my mind how they have been capable of doing what they have this season with that many injuries. I don't know if there are any other teams in the NFL that can lose four of their five starting linemen and still be this good. Adam Stenovich deserves the bank. They should find a way to pay this guy, keep him here forever because he's working magic with what he's doing and with what he's given right now. And there's no discredit to these players, but you think of the teams that they've played against Aaron Donald with the Rams and, and Leonard Floyd and Von Miller there as well. Or even this last week against the bears, Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith and some of these other guys that are, are quality players. The one that's the one positive point of this Bears team is their front seven when they're healthy and they're not completely healthy right now, but the Packers still did a wonderful job of protecting Aaron Rodgers and moving the football down the field in that game where when it mattered most. And, and I, I can't believe it. I can't believe how well this group is playing with that many injuries. And before the break, I said, I was going to pull up and find the other guys. If who, who's next, you know, with, Potentially with Billy Turner being down and Matt LaFleur saying, hopefully it's not a long-term thing. He hopes to see him again this season. I understand. But if he does miss at least a couple of weeks, let's say one of these other offensive linemen gets hurt. Who who do the Packers turn to next at the offensive line? Because I think generally people are going to wonder. Some of these names have been thrown around before. Of, of the, well, at least we have John Runyon Jr., or at least we have Lucas Patrick who can play at different positions, or or Dennis Kelly, the guy we signed, or Yash Nineman who's been up here before. Like, people have, can at least name a couple of those guys, but beyond that, like, that's where we're at now. Who's next? <laughs> because what happens if one of these other dudes goes down? So I looked it up in the break. They have four other offensive linemen on this team, two on the roster, two on the practice squad. Uh, they have... Jake Hansen, who is a guard slash center, was a sixth overall pick uh, in the 2020 draft and has played a couple of snaps this season. Then you have Ben Braden, another Michigan product like John Runyon, another guard who has played in just a couple of games this season. Not very many snaps. Uh, Less than 100 total this season. Then on the practice squad, two former Wisconsin Badgers who I had forgotten about, Cole Van Lannen, the guard that was drafted in the sixth round of this year's draft, and then uh, John Dietzer, another guard 
uh, who also played a little bit of tackle at Wisconsin. Dietzen, I should say. John Dietzen, a rookie. Both those guys, rookies. So a, a couple rookies, a couple second-year guys who have not seen a lot of playing time in their careers to this point. And, and I guess, and Ben Braden, who was undrafted even in this league, He's been around a little bit longer than I thought. 2018 for Ben Braden was with the Jets first, undrafted, and then now with the Packers. So that's who the Packers turn to next. Some dudes that have hardly played in their career, which they're already doing this with some guys who have hardly played in their career. It's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, what what the Packers are going through, the depth issues that they currently have with the offensive line, this is why you have so many of them on your team, but four of five starters missing. Now, with that being said, David Bakhtiari, rumors of him returning to practice, all of this stuff that have been going on for weeks now. But but also, I mean, we were talking about it on the big show today. Gary was talking about, you know, people are like, oh, he had a surgery in that knee after the ACL to clean up some things. That's a bigger deal than what people are saying, that people put it into perspective because – Honestly, he probably got put under, you know, all these different things. It takes a while for that knee to heal back up, both like just with uh, like all these different things. And and now David Bakhtiari, hopefully on the cusp of coming back, Matt LaFleur has teased a couple of things. Ian Rappaport has teased a couple of things, but we have not gotten the definitive return date. And like I said in the last segment, if I would have told you week 15 of this season and we have yet to see David Bakhtiari, I don't think Anybody has them labeled as the number one seed in the NFC. Maybe not even a a borderline playoff team based on what happened last year in the NFC championship game with the Buccaneers kind of disrupting everything and, and turning things around without David Bakhtiari in that game. He was the difference maker. Missing David Bakhtiari in that game was the difference maker. Now, hopefully the Packers get him back and then they'll have a decision with what they want to do with Yash Nyman, who's been playing rather well. Do they move him to right tackle if Billy Turner's still out? There's so many different things that this team still has to go through this season. And the nice thing is, thankfully, they're playing a couple of teams that aren't necessarily at the top of their divisions right now in the playoffs. And and the and maybe the offensive line is going to look even better because of that. Now, this Ravens defense is good. It's quite good. But Calias Campbell exited last week in, and, uh, in, in the game that they played on Sunday against the Browns. And he was out for the rest of the game just like Lamar Jackson. So maybe the Ravens are out without Campbell, their best defensive lineman, this week against the Packers. It could it could happen. And then uh, you have the Browns who have Miles Garrett. Now, hopefully, David Bakhtiari is back for that because Miles Garrett is a menace. That dude is one of the best defensive linemen and one of the best edge rushers in football. And having David Bakhtiari there for that game would be good, whether 100% or not, just to keep Aaron Rodgers healthy because we've seen Garrett go off in different situations and you need to protect uh, 12 against a defensive lineman like that. And then uh, Jadavion Clowney is on that team too, right? He's on the Browns? No. Yes? My mind's not thinking right. Where? Who does J- J- Jadavion Clowney play for right now? I hold, thought he was on the Browns, wasn't he? Hold up, Dan. I'm going to have to do some quick look up for that. That's so quick. Okay, thanks, Adam. And then the week prior, or the week after that, they play the Vikings. Vikings played pretty well 
against this Packers team a couple weeks ago, but I don't think that their defensive line was the reason they won the game. Go ahead, Adam. Your your instincts were correct. correct. He is on the Browns. Now, Clowny. real talk for Cleveland, they are going through some COVID issues yeah, right that's now, too. big time. That's also true. So, again, maybe the offensive line looks good on Christmas Day against the Browns because maybe, hope, hopefully not, because we don't want anybody having COVID on Christmas, but but who knows? It, it could happen. And then the last week of the season, the Lions, and the Lions are awful. So, like, any offensive line is going to look good against the Lions' defense. So we could realistically see four more weeks of these, no offense to them, but these non-starters in the NFL practice squad, misfit type of guys continue to succeed. It's been rather impressive what they've been able to do with the group that they currently have. And and I cannot fully comprehend how they're doing this, but they're doing it and they're winning games and they're being successful. And you're maybe bringing David Bakhtiari back into that fold. Hopefully Billy Turner isn't out for the season and he comes back and plays right tackle at some point. And then your offensive line looks a lot better. Then we're talking about a playoff run with hopefully a healthy David Bakhtiari at left tackle, hopefully a healthy Billy Turner at right tackle. John Runyon, who I said earlier, is playing at a starter level at guard. Royce Newman, who's been playing at a starter level at guard as well. And then you throw in Josh Myers if he's healthy, Lucas Patrick if he's not. And that's a service. That's more than a serviceable offensive line. That's a good offensive line heading into the playoffs. It's so interesting how this offensive line has been able to do what they have done against the teams they have played throughout this stretch run, throughout this span, to be 10-3 and and the number one seed in the NFC. And while I can't completely wrap my head around how they've done it, they've been successful, and they've done it. And Adam Senevich, Matt LaFleur, this offensive line, and Aaron Rodgers deserve a lot of praise for being able to keep this offense moving and successful despite all of these injuries that have this injury bug that has just run through this offensive line. It's been nothing short of outstanding. Speaking of offensive linemen coming up in the next segment of the show, we'll talk to uh, former NFL offensive lineman in Odyssey sports, NFL insider, Ross Tucker. He was on the big show earlier today. We'll replay that interview. Had a lot of good things to say about this Packers team and Maybe, just maybe, I mean, we we get his power rankings every week. Maybe, just maybe, the Packers are at number one this week. That comes up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Dan Plucker filling in. Sparky's Midday Madness. Dan Plucker filling in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer today. We were talking about this Packers offensive line all show long, and now we're going to talk to former NFL offensive lineman and our Odyssey Sports NFL insider, Ross Tucker, who joined the big show earlier today, and he named this Packers team as his number one team in the NFL this week in his power rankings, the first time this season that that has happened. Let's hear why in his explanation here on Sparky's Midday Madness. This is from earlier on the big show. A few things. One is um, the Cardinals lost, and I didn't think they looked great. <laughs> they didn't, did they? They didn't. No, I mean, you know, the Rams 
kind of move the ball on them at will. I thought the Rams won the battle of the trenches up front, both sides yeah. of the ball. I mean, yeah. Aaron Donald mm-hmm. was killing the Cardinals O-line. Stafford, and, and, you know, they were able to run it pretty decently with Sony Michelle. Stafford was able to have time to throw it. I mean, the Rams, I thought, were clearly the best team. So that and the Packers, even though the Packers gave up three huge plays and were terrible on special teams, they still won by 15. So uh, that that's why, that the combination of those two things. What you think is going on right now with the Cowboys? They just don't. Since Dak has been back from that calf, they just didn't look right. Something's not right offensively. Defensively, that, that Michael Parsons is unbelievable, but 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 just it feels like something's not right with the Cowboys. No, I think you're right. Um, I would agree with that. It feels like a combination of two things. For whatever reason, their offensive line isn't playing as well. They're not running it as effectively. Now, not having Tony Pollard in this last game – certainly makes a difference in that regard. That's number one. And then number two, Dak has not played as well. And only he could really answer that, why that is. But Dak has not played as well ever since he came back from injury. I mean, he's missing throws. He's high on throws. You know, I'm still blown away that he threw the ball right to Cole Holcomb at the end of that game and gave the gave Washington actually a chance to win. I mean, he threw it right to the guy. Not sure what was happening there, but that actually gave them a chance to win the game, Washington, late. So I'm not sure. Only Dak can really answer that, but he's pretty clearly not playing as well. We'll go back to Rodgers and his toe real quick. I'll let you hear this real quick. And, and, and my question would be, what do you think is going on with this toe? Should the Packers rest him? Now, they have the number one seed. Maybe they risk losing that seed if they rest him. Here's what he said here. Yeah, Aaron, you said the the toe felt better, you know, after the bye week last week, not having to play a game. How does it feel after this one, and does it feel better than it has after the last couple of games? No, it feels worse. Um, I don't know what kind of setback uh, that I had tonight, but uh, we'll look at it tomorrow. But definitely, uh, definitely took a step back tonight. What should they do with this guy? Uh, keep having him play until <laughs> they get the number one seed so he can take a week off. I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear. Only he can answer how much is really bothering him, but I don't know. It didn't look like it was bothering him that much to me Sunday night. <laughs> I mean, what, whatever it was, gosh, give me some of that. You know, whatever it was that was bothering him, I, you know, if I can perform that well in every aspect of my life, go ahead and break my toe or whatever he's got going because that was incredible. I mean, he was awesome. And I believe him that, you know, he was under duress. He did get attacked a few times. And I believe him that it doesn't feel as good, but I don't know. I, I think that the, the discussion is, well, hey, should we rest him so that, you know, he takes a week off at some point? Well, why not earn the week off? And, you know, for the whole team, if you can do that, if he can play through it, that would seem like the best week to get the week off. Who do they play week 18? Is it Detroit? It's Detroit, yes. And then the Vikings the week yeah, prior. So, right. So I, I would uh, – I'd play them the next few weeks, see how things play out. Um, and then who knows, maybe you can even give them two weeks rest, depending on how that last game goes. 
Talking with Ross Tucker, Odyssey Sports NFL insider and former NFL offensive lineman here on the Big Show Radio Network. You can follow him at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter. Dan Plucker, Gary Ellerson, hanging out with him here on the Big Show. I want to move to the other quarterback playing this upcoming weekend against the Packers, Lamar Jackson. Uh, How big of a deal is it if he's not playing in this game and how high should the Packers be favored if he is not playing? Yeah, well, number one, gigantic if he's not playing. Although I, I will say I feel like uh, Tyler Huntley's done some positive things. He's still not Lamar Jackson. He's still not that dynamic. Um, so I think it's interesting. I, I will record at 2 o'clock Eastern. I'll record the Even Money podcast, and I'm going to ask my co-host, that's the betting one, mm-hmm. Steve Fezzik, the difference in the point spread between Huntley and Lamar Jackson, because he, he knows all those things. Like, he knows if Lamar's ruled out, you know, what the downgrade is, how many points difference that is. So I'll be curious to hear what he says, and I'll ask him that. Um, but it's definitely at least a few points and probably a bunch. The thing is, though, even if Lamar plays, it doesn't sound like he's going to be 100%. Now, it's a low ankle sprain, which is a totally different ball game from a high ankle sprain. So that does give him a chance to play, but he, he's a different player when he cannot be as explosive in the run game. And teams have kind of figured out his kryptonite the last few weeks. You know, you come with the all-out blitz, and the Ravens haven't had a really good answer for it, and they've really struggled offensively as a result. And not only have they struggled, and the Ravens' offensive line has struggled, but somehow on the opposite side of things, Ross, the Packers' offensive line, with all of these injuries, have not taken a step back, it seems like, at all, despite missing four starters from the beginning of this season. Could, give me your thoughts on what they're doing right and how Adam Stenovich continues to get this thing going. Yeah, well, it's really impressive. Now, I, I would say I do think they've taken a little bit of a step back. Um, I don't think they're as good at left tackle, you know, without those guys. Mm-hmm. And I thought the Bears got some pressure on them, but it's at, at any rate, it's still really impressive. I mean... No Bakhtiari, no Ellen Jenkins. Billy Turner goes out during the game. I mean, it's, and they score 45 points. It's just, it's truly incredible. I think LaFleur deserves credit for the offensive game plan and scheme for sure and what they put together. But yes, Stenovich is a stud. And it just seems like they work really well together. And you go back to all these acquisitions they made or these draft picks on mid to late round guys like Newman and Runyon and Nijman and all these guys, it just, it's paid off. It's kind of the Packer way. It's, it's one of the most impressive aspects of their organization consistently. You know, you go back to Sitton and TJ Lang, you know, obviously they've had a top five quarterback for a long stretch, but they've also had a long history of really good homegrown offensive lines with Bakhtiari being the most notable. You know, and it feels a little different this time, though, although we still have Rodgers. But this A.J. Dillon kid, I mean, I think he brings a little something that I don't think the Packers have had along with Aaron Jones where if they needed to, they can do a four-minute offense uh, at, at any point in any game and slow it down and, and, and try to beat you up a little bit. I think that adds to what they've been able to do offensively. I think that – that was part of the reason why they took A.J. Dillon. You know, take some touches off of Aaron Jones, allow him to be fresher later in the year. And, you know, I think they planned on having a lot of leads. And 
when they have the lead, they, they want that banger back to tenderize the meat, so to speak. And Dylan has fulfilled that role flawlessly so far. It's been really, really impressive. You know, that, that draft pick looks like it's going to end up having been a pretty good one. And I don't know when we'll find out about the Jordan Love draft pick. <laughs> but d- does that matter right now at this point, is Jordan Love? I mean, Packer fans are still talking. We talk about it every day. I mean, I don't um, – to me, it doesn't that, much that matter That they right took now. him? Yes. Or talking about – that they took him at all or for next year? For next year. Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting, um, both what the Packers want to do and what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. I don't know that – like, where is he going to go that he's in a better spot than Green Bay? I said that I mean, yesterday, Ross. Thank I don't, you. What's that? I said that yesterday. Thank you. Like, if they give up yeah, picks, they've got to give up know. picks. I, where do they go? Where does he go? I, I, I still hear people say that he still wants to leave. You know, people that, I guess, know him or whatever still think he wants to leave and, you know, go somewhere else. But I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting. I, you know, somehow, some way, they'll have to get – I know he doesn't want – that feel like he has Jordan Love hanging over his shoulder. So they they would have to they would have to figure that out somehow. Let's move back to the AFC and some quarterbacks that are there for sure. And first I want to ask about the Buffalo Bills. I mean, what has gone wrong oh in Buffalo as they are completely falling apart before our eyes? Well, I actually thought in the second half against the Bucks that they played awesome and that they showed me something. The problem for the Bills is right now they can only play well when Josh Allen is like a superhuman, when Josh Allen's like a superman. And that's just not a good position to be in. Yeah, and I don't really understand what they're doing. I mean, against the Patriots last Monday night, they didn't call one design quarterback run when it was so windy and they had a huge advantage having Josh Allen a quarterback. Agreed. As big and fast as he is. Then against the Bucks, it's almost like Brian Dable, their offensive coordinator, was reading my tweets asking for quarterback runs at Ross Tucker NFL. So against the Bucks, not a single running back carry in the first half. And they had at least 10 design quarterback runs for Josh Allen throughout the game, which I didn't think made that much sense because they're getting blown out. I'm like, oh, are you going to get your quarterback hurt while you're down three touchdowns? Now, credit to them, they came all the way back to get it into overtime. But it's almost like they had those two game plans flipped in my mind. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and another superhuman quarterback that's team is kind of trending upward a little bit is the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, where do you see them finishing out this season? Because they've been one of the most interesting teams in the NFL to me. It seems like they're they're beating kind of those lesser teams in the league and then losing to all of the good ones that they play. Do you think they could wind up being something in the AFC or how do you see it shaping out for them? Yeah, I think the AFC is bad enough that the Chargers could conceivably go on a run. You know, there, there's 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 no elite team there. I think New England's pretty good. I think the Chiefs are probably the best team right now, and that's who the Chargers play Thursday night. Huge game. Chargers-Chiefs Thursday night. Huge opportunity for them. I mean, they're only a game behind them. They win the game, and they're tied atop the AFC West. I don't know that I think that'll happen because the Chiefs' defense is just so good right now, but the opportunity is there to beat a really good team, although I was impressed with how the Chargers beat the Bengals a couple weeks ago. One thing I want to do is on my bucket list, and I 
I think you were there. The Army Navy game, buddy, is, is just absolutely incredible. I mean, I wish I could see and go and be a part of that. What what is that like? The Army Navy game. Yeah, you got to go, Gary. It, 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 it is a bucket awesome. list. It's my single favorite day of the year. Uh, first of all, and I've been to Penn State for a whiteout, and I know, you know, Wisconsin, House of Pain. Like, I get it, right? <laughs> but the sustained energy of the cadets and the midshipmen during the Army-Navy game is just unbelievable. They must just be passing around five-hour energy or whatever because those <laughs> kids are just electric. That's number one. Number two is I, I just think it's, very, it's very patriotic. Yeah. Makes you feel good about the country, which a lot of other things don't. And I, I just love the symbolism, right? Right. Like, you know, we don't like you. We're going to try to kill you and beat you. And then as soon as it's over, all right, that's over. We're on the same team again. You know, we're on Team America. And I wish it could be like that in our society, right? Like, I wish, right. hey, I'm a Republican or hey, I'm a Democrat. I feel this way. I feel that way. Okay. Well, you won this one. And, uh, but, Listen, we got your back. You know, we're all United States of America, not the United States of Republican, United States of Democrat. But it seems like we've lost that. When I was younger, it seemed like there was still respect between the parties. And, you know, we would rally behind the leader. But now it's like no matter who the leader is, it seems like the other side's not going to rally behind them. And I, I really think that that's sad. I, I agree and with you, that's what Ross. you get from being at the Army-Navy game. You feel like that encompasses everything and bring people together at the end of the day. Yeah, I feel like um I feel like I, I wish everybody could go to the Army Navy game or feel that mm-hmm. and then say, you know what? We're all on the same team. We're all Americans. We're all in the same country. Like you know, your political party is not your country. Your political party is just some of the ideas and beliefs that you have, but the country is the country. And I just think the symbolism of the Army-Navy game in that regard is is incredible. Plus, everybody there, whether it's an alum or the actual schools or, you know, the parents, you know, they've all sacrificed in some way so that I can, you know, be on the radio with you guys talking about the Packers and football. Right. You're, you're 100% right, Ross, and we appreciate you joining us every single Tuesday here on the Big Show Radio Network at this time. Ross, have a great rest of your week, your week and we'll talk next week. There was Ross Tucker earlier on the Wendy's Big Show. Dan Plucker now in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on Sparky's Midday Madness. And when we come back, Rami Makhlouf from The Rami Show, all of the hosts here at one time, or at least I'm talking about them all at one time. That comes up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, but no Sparky today. Dan Plucker in the chair for him. He'll be back on Thursday. I'm back in again tomorrow, so you're stuck with me for one more day. Someone you're stuck with every day, though, is Rami Makhlouf. Actually, I won't be here tomorrow, so it's not not every day. Yeah. Well, usually every day. Got a day day off tomorrow. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Going to go get my Christmas. Who's in for you tomorrow? I'm not sure. I honestly don't know. You're getting what? Going to get my Christmas shopping done. Oh, okay. That's good and early. Late. Good and late. early. For me, that's good and early. <laughs> good and early, yeah. really? Yeah, usually okay. I go like the day before Christmas Eve. Really? Yeah. 
Okay. So I'm, I'm gonna go get this done. That's that's be, wise of you. Be done with it, you know. So like, how much money are you dropping then the day before Christmas? Essentially I mean, getting whatever, all these, you know, gifts. whatever it is, crazy, that's, whatever, whatever it is. I mean, it was probably way more money than what that, you could have spent on like Black Friday. I don't have that many people. I don't have that many people to buy gifts for. I've let, there's like six people. Okay. Yeah. Family members. I'm... Yeah, my niece, nephew, brother, okay. sister-in-law, parents. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not that bad. That's not bad at all. See, and the I... parents, you can always, now, you know, you, you can just double, yeah. double that up. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? Just exactly. one gift for the two of them. Like, oh, it's for the house. See, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm in a weird situation because, like, my wife and I, you know, I mean, you know how much I make here. And mm-hmm. then, like, my wife also doesn't have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. But, like, we have each other, and then we have both of our parents, and then all of our siblings. And it's just like... Mm. And How now, many siblings now, now we're starting the two of you. We're starting siblings' kids too, which Ooh, is coming up now. Yeah, so it's like that's when yeah starting to hurt a little. The bit. gifts start branching out. You might yeah. have to have the talk. Like, uh, well, the kids are getting gifts this year. You <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, well, yeah. well, for her, thankfully, with like her siblings, they do like a gift exchange, more of like a type oh, of okay. thing. So like you pick pick yeah, one yeah, name yeah. out of a hat. Yeah, type of Secret thing. Santa sort of. Yeah, thing. so mm-hmm. thankfully. Whew, it's not each and every single one of them. That's good. But then, like, they're like, oh, we neglected our parents for so long, and now we need to start getting them real gifts and stuff. And I'm like, nah, nah you're good. <laughs> so, you're good. Parents understand. Uh, and then my side of the family, I have a brother and then my sister and uh, her husband and now kid. Okay. So, mm. Man, it, it keeps on up. growing. The tree keeps on growing, right? It's it's scary. That uh, is scary. And then I wasn't planning on getting my sister a gift, actually. <laughs> and then she's like, hey, we should get together. Uh, on, oh, on no. Christmas Eve, and I was like, "Yeah, no, that sounds great. Like, no. love to see you with your niece, with my niece, I should say, sure. and all this stuff." And then I mean, she, that's nice. And she all. was like, "I was like, uh, I, I have to check though. Did you give us a gift? Because I have not." Gotten <laughs> 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 like, I'll just be hundred percent honest with you. And then she goes, "She uh, already had one. She already. Had oh no. One. Yeah, yeah, which made me feel even worse because yeah, I was like, ah, oh, I thought one. we had an understanding. Yeah, now you, you gotta know? go and get one. All right. so I'll be in your boat probably Get in the next couple card. days too. So uh, real quick before we do start up yes. the show, uh, we were talking in the break. Uh, Kevin James playing Sean Payton in a that Netflix That makes movie. no sense. I saw the preview um, for it actually during the break did on, you? on Twitter. Yeah, yeah it I makes mean, no sense. Yeah, yeah. He looks nothing like Sean Payton. Yeah, I agree. It makes I, no I, sense. I agree. But Is it supposed to be funny? I, I think it's supposed to be like an uplifting like kids type movie. Like, see, even when Oh, you are they trying this... to make Sean Payton into like a likable person? I think so. Oh, he's not, though. That's yeah. the problem. That's he's the a bounty thing. hunter in the, yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. And then... No. They're like, oh, but look what he did. He started coaching his kid. Like, cool. Um, I'll be interested to see how much of the backstory, because it looks like it's somewhat of a family movie. Yeah, but like, that's what it looked like to me, too. I, was like, I didn't turn the sound uh, down. I didn't want to turn the sound down. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look good, you know. I, I've, been, I've, you only, know I've watched it without sound too. You know how you so see I a guess. preview on Twitter and you're yeah. like, mm, not, it's interesting, but not interesting enough to yeah, he's like, like click on it and turn the sound like no, that not, during the year I'm he not, had off. I don't know. It's I'm not here for it's it. Something. I'm not but here for it at all. My question then uh-huh. was if they're like true to form, not Kevin James to Sean Payton. Sure, but if we were gonna put pick an actor to play Matt Lafleur and Mike McCarthy in a mm. movie, who would you pick? Well, Kevin James would be a great Mike McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he'd be a better Mike McCarthy Probably. than he would Sean Payton. Probably. I said I know he's not really an actor, but more of a comedian. But I think Frank Caliendo would be a great Mike McCarthy. He would be. He would probably be pretty good. He can do anything in terms of impressions, mm, right. and, and you know, mimicking people. Um, Matt Lafleur. I don't know what, what's Colin Farrell look like nowadays. You know who Colin Farrell is? Irish dude. Uh, no, he's I, got a bit of a Matt LaFleur thing in? going. What's he been in? Uh, I can't even remember. Okay. He's, he, I said Paul Rudd. I think Paul Rudd would play a good Matt LaFleur. That would be, that would be good. That would be good. Uh, here, here's Colin Farrell. I'll show you a picture. 
people out there. And know. while we were playing this game on the big show, uh, oh sure, sure, I could see that. Yeah. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, see, that's Look not bad, you. right? Yeah, Colin that's Farrell, that bad. would work for there sure. All right, Colin Farrell, yeah. Matt Lafleur. I think Colin Farrell. Like, Colin Farrell is the guy. Docu movie comes he's old, out. He's older though. He's forty five. Really? Well, yeah. I guess Lafleur's forty one, so they're four years yeah, apart. Right. Yeah. That's pretty good. I think that works. Uh, and while we were playing this game with Gary, uh, it also turned into who would play Gary in the Royan movies. Yeah. And Gary did his old his his whole LL his whole cool spiel J? of well. Does he want LL Cool J to play him? Well, you just know how Gary gets when he's talking movies and actors, and he's like, yeah, he doesn't. Who's that one the, Joker? Who's that one from Joker? that one movie? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so he. he we want to ta- play a game on the Rami show, actually, where Gary says what a movie is, and you try and guess what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because Gary that would be so funny. Let me give you one for example. Wyatt Earp and them. Wyatt Earp and them. That's your. That's that. That's your clue. Wyatt have, Earp and I have them. No idea. No, I don't know you, who Wyatt Earp is. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tombstone. The movie is Tombstone. Okay. Gotcha. Yes, that's your clue. Well, though. he said wider uh, than them today. His description of the Titanic uh-huh. was that one boat that went under. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was the actor from that one boat that went under. Sam, <laughs> don't we have? Who was it? Oh, Demarcus Cousins. Sam is eating. Sorry, he has a mouthful of pizza. Demarcus Cousins did a thing for Twitter where he was describing movies and he described Titanic, and it is hilarious. We should play them back to back. Okay. We should play those did back to back. Did we ever play that? Today. I don't think we ever did. Okay. We should you pull should. Gar- We should pull Gary describing Titanic and then play Demarcus Cousins playing yes, Titanic. Was, there we go. It was All right. very funny. The so that'll be thing. happening on the show today. Yeah, that definitely. just happened on the air, right. on air production. What right else here. is on yes. the show today? Also Ron. coming up on the show today, out of the gates, it is a Kim and the Void Judgment Day. Kim and the Void Judgment of the day what should the packers do about special teams four options dan tell me which one of these four options you would okay. take you're gonna fire the 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 Drayton. special teams quarter maurice mm-hmm. drayton you could uh bring in players from the outside like as a returner for example mm-hmm. from the outside you could start playing some offensive and defensive starters on special teams or you can kind of do nothing and pray those are your four options right there. Which I like one, the which last one? one a lot. You like the last one? Do <laughs> nothing I, and pray? But, but I would pick number three probably. Number three, play some offensive and defensive see. starters. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to see coming up here in the next couple weeks. We're going to see uh, maybe a little bit more Razul Douglas, maybe some Devontae Adams returning if, if it really comes down to that. Uh, maybe even some Alan Lazard who did so in college when he was a, a, a freshman mm-hmm. in college and a little bit in his rookie year too apparently that didn't go very well. I don't know. I think we're going to see – uh, some of those starters get a couple more shots. We'll also, uh, we'll have a discussion in the 3 o'clock hour, later in the 3 o'clock hour. What does Aaron Rodgers have to do to wrestle the MVP award from Tom Brady in these in this final stretch of games? Uh, Bart Winkler, it's Tuesday. Bart Winkler will be here for Tuesdays with Winkler at 4 o'clock. We're going to play the game that's sweeping the nation from the Bart Winkler morning show. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. We're going to nice. play that with Bart today on the show fun. because I hear people have fun with it, and I like to have fun. Kane Pittman of the Lockdown Bucks podcast. He'll be here at 5 o'clock, and Sam Monson from uh, the uh, Pro Football Focus will be here at 5 Are you going to be getting into that Chris Middleton injury at all? Uh, probably with Kane Pittman, right? Yeah, probably a little Good. bit. Yeah. That'll be the first time it's talked about probably today Probably, on yeah, the first time. But um, we don't really know anything about That's that. That's right. right? Yeah, That's true. We don't—, we don't it, he seemed that uh, but, but Drew like, Holiday said after the game yesterday that Chris was in high spirits. So I we'll feel see. like if this was a year ago though, and Chris Middleton went down and they hadn't just won a championship and you know all that stuff, uh, 
I think we would be blowing this Chris Middleton thing out of proportion. Oh, if this was a year ago, though, Ram would still be calling the station and saying it was a good thing. You know what I mean? It's true. But he's turned it's tail. True. He's turned tail and run, and we haven't heard from him since Chris Middleton showed you he just who the hell on Chris Middleton. Did they really? Yeah, because <laughs> he he said that uh, Jimmy Butler was better than Middleton. Uh, and Kyle Lowry was better than Drew Holiday, and Horvat and him went back and forth. For is Ram still on Twitter? He is oh, okay. only on Twitter, interacting oh, okay. not with us, but only with Horvat for whatever oh, reason. Okay. So they went back and forth, and it was funny, and hmm. I laughed at it the other day. So that if you missed that, check out Ryan Horvat's, Horvat's Twitter fun. from this weekend. I will do so. That's it. That's what's That's, coming up on the right. show today. Yeah, man. Fun who would show. play you in a movie? Who would play me in yes, a movie? Yes, who would oh, play Dan geez. Plucker in a movie? You're putting me in this spot. I, I know, know who would play me. Who would play It'd you? It'd be Shia LaBeouf. Oh, okay. Yeah, like just just I like a totally slightly more that. handsome version of me. That's yeah. always what you want. Just a little <sighs> more handsome, ver- well, much more handsome version of me. But you know, there's a similar, there's a, See, there's a resemblance there. I don't, I don't know. Matt Damon. That's that's what I've been. Yeah, told. Matt Damon would probably I, play that, you. That was the I think first so, name right? that, came, I, that Matt, came up to me. <laughs> no, Sam shaking his head. No, I mean Matt Damon is way hotter than I am. I looked am, over, so like... and Sam with the mouth that could not be more full of pizza, like cheeks bulging out, is just shaking his head. No. And it said everything you need to know about what Sam thinks of Matt Damon playing Dan Plunkett. Who is it, Sam? If you had Matt. me at Shia LaBeouf, Matt Damon. I'm sorry, there's no way. Well, no, who, would, just, who would play Plunkett then? Well, I don't know, but how about another one for you, Rami? What about Keanu Reeves? That I'd be oh, cool with that. Yeah, I'd be very good that's with another that. Another good one. I would like to. I would. See, yeah, that would be Plunkett, good. I'm sorry, I got nothing for you. I'm a big okay. fan of Keanu Reeves. Uh, back in my fitter days, mm-hmm. and I'm no longer fit. Yeah, uh, Zac Efron. A lot of people said I kind of looked like a discount Zac Efron. Mm. Mm. But not anymore. No, that, I again, don't see it's it. too high of praise. High hopes I, don't see I know. <laughs> I said it's too high of praise. I agree with you. I'm not discarding that. I agree with you. We need to find an today. uglier person. Sam is just but savage. That's the, Sam, that's the problem in, in Hollywood is that everybody's good Everybody looking. Everybody is good looking. Yeah, everybody's so, really good looking. So who's it going to be? You have to find just somebody with similar attributes. If they play you guys, it's going to be somebody who's like getting their first role ever in their, <laughs> like their movie career. That's How about Michael Sarah? Michael Sarah could play Dan Plucker, no? Yeah. Oh, now he gave me the thumbs up. Uh, Michael Sarah could be Dan Plucker. I don't Plucker. see that one as much. I don't either, but I like it. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you just definitively went with an A-lister who's uglier and said that that was good. All right, that's what Rami Makhlouf thinks of me. If you like the if you, if you like Sparky's Midday Madness today, check it out. <laughs> with Dan Plucker, check out more at Dan Plucker on Twitter. Rami Makhlouf and the Rami Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.